Good morning and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spiritual and spirited community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning, and we're very glad you're here. I extend a special welcome to those of you visiting with us today. We come from a long heritage of teaching that there's a spark of the divine in everyone. So we greet the divine on a Sunday morning by turning to the people around us and welcoming them here this morning. Please say with me the words by which we light the chalice, which is the symbol of our faith. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Good morning. That want to echo Meg's welcome to you and our new temporary digs, which I kind of say is like camping out or maybe camping in as the case may be. So it's, it's nice to see all of you this morning. Our call to worship is by Kenneth Patton. This house is for the ingathering of nature and human nature. It is a house of friendships, a haven in trouble, an open room for the encouragement of our struggle. It is a house of freedom, guarding the dignity and worth of every person. It offers a platform for the free voice, for declaring, both in times of security and danger, the full and undivided conflict of opinion. It is a house of truth-seeking, where scientists can encourage devotion to their quest, where mystics can abide in a community of searchers. It is a house of art, adorning its celebrations with melodies and handiworks. It is a house of prophecy, outrunning time, past, and times present, to visions of growth and progress. This house is a cradle for our dreams, the workshop of our common endeavor. We who are here every day use this mission as our guide to how we should spend our time and our effort. This congregation uses its mission as a guide as it makes difficult decisions, as it makes joyful decisions, and as it makes painful decisions. It guides our metaphorical feet as we run our metaphorical race. So if you ever wonder what we're doing here, This is the answer. Let's say it together. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. For those of us who live at the shoreline, standing upon the constant edges of decision, crucial and alone. For those of us who cannot indulge the passing dreams of choice. For those of us who were imprinted with fear like a faint line in the center of our foreheads, learning to be afraid with our mother's milk. For by this weapon, this illusion of some safety to be found, the heavy-footed hoped to silence us. For all of us, this instant and this triumph, we were never meant to survive. 
And when the sun rises, we are afraid it might not remain. When the sun sets, we are afraid it might not rise in the morning. And when we speak, we are afraid our words will not be heard nor welcomed. But when we are silent, we are still afraid. So it is better to speak, remembering. We were never meant to survive. The words of poet Audrey Lorde. This is the point in our service when we breathe together in a spirit of prayer and meditation where we listen and speak to God as we understand God or where we listen to our inner wisdom or where we just watch our breath come in and out of our bodies. So this is a time when many of us are bringing a lot of distress and upset in with us. We go to this still point to find some shelter, some sanctuary, to find clarity and to find strength and to find guidance. To get renewal when we just feel like lying face down on the floor. Let us enter into the wise silence together, understanding that in this congregation, tiny noises of babies and the noises of life are part of the silence. Yeah. 
The phrase useless fury has been resonating with me this week. How about any of y'all? I'm not going to talk politics this morning, but I would be an irresponsible minister if I did not mention the distress that so many of us are bringing with us this morning that we've been swimming in for a few weeks. I don't think I've ever seen such distress on my Facebook page in many years. And how long can you live with this level of distress? Lifetimes. If you read the writings of people of the global majority and historically marginalized voices, lifetimes. But I'm a upper middle class white lady and I'm not used to it. And um, I read Audre Lorde, and I know uh, I cannot say with perfect authenticity we were not meant to survive. I'm not in that group of people, but I'm a gay woman, and I know there are folks who kind of would be okay if I didn't survive. I feel so much her phrase, the heavy-footed are hoping to silence us. The heavy-footed have reinforced the lesson. We feel it. I feel it. The heavy-footed with their, with their tromping by, ramming things through, not listening, waving us, waving. Ugh, go away. And I'm going to tell you something about women that you already know, especially if you are one. We uh, were imprinted with fear like a faint line in the center of our foreheads. We learned to be afraid with our mother's milk. For by this weapon of an illusion of safety, the heavy-footed hope to silence us. The illusion of safety, if you just are nice, just be sweet. No, be sweeter. Uh, Smile. Be a good girl. Don't be angry. Anger is so unattractive. Our mothers say, don't become one of those angry women. At least mine did. Sorry, Ma. You'll be safe if you just don't walk by yourself. Don't walk at night. If you just hold your keys between your fingers, if you just have pepper spray, if you just Be careful if you just don't have more than one drink, if you just don't ever leave your drink by itself, if you just dress not for your destination, but for the journey to your destination, you have to cover yourself. Just do everything right. But you know, even if you are molested, you can't even do that right. You didn't come forward soon enough. You didn't say it right. You forgot something. This illusion of safety This illusion, if you just do it right, then you'll be safe. And so we keep searching for that tiny little place to stand where we can be safe. It's an illusion. If you just decide you were not meant to survive, you can be a lot braver. And it might be 
that every now and then an individual among us might be called to come forward in courage. And that courage is almost always rooted in togetherness somewhere in that person's life. We can have courage because we are together. We can have a voice because we are together. We cannot be silenced because we are together and our voice together is loud and large. And we come to this place with our fears and our pain and our limitations and our strengths and our hopes and our despair. And we come to this place to learn to love and serve. And we come to this place to help build the beloved community. We join with people who've been trying to build it for years together. Our courage is rooted in together. Our voice is rooted in together. Together is the first word of our mission. It's a power. That is our power. Sometimes when we are distressed and afraid, our first instinct is to shut down, to isolate ourselves, not to go out of the house. We just want to stay in bed or stay on the couch or stay under the bed or stay in your garden or <coughs> not connect. It's too, it's too much. And at our house, we've got some balms with an L balms for, um, we don't, we don't, we don't truck with the other kind for our spirit and our soul. So we balance the news. Um, Kaya and I together, we balance with, uh, a lovely little gardening show called Gardener's World from the BBC. It's got a, a competent and calm man named Monty Don who walks around his huge garden with his two golden retrievers. And one is named Nellie and one is named Nigel. <laughs> and they like to eat raspberries. And he deadheads the roses with great capability and he and he cuts back things right to the ground with with courage because he knows what he's doing and he he repots things and he propagates and he has different kinds of compost for <laughs> for different kinds of plants and we just watch him and and we are entranced and soothed and sometimes if Kaya is working in her studio I balance the news with Mixed martial arts movies, I just finished Beat Down 2. <laughs> but while we're watching the gardening show, sometimes they show garden volunteers. Monty doesn't need volunteers because he takes care of everything himself with his, his two dogs. But other gardens have volunteers, and you talk to the volunteers, and they... Some of them are ill, and some of them have physical limitations, and, and you see them light up, and they say, when I come into this garden, I don't think about my troubles. I think about the plants, and the plants heal me, and I can be useful here, and they need me here, and I, I feel like myself, and, and they, they're kind, and I can be of help. 
Every time we light our chalice, we say, love is the spirit of this church and service is its law. And there's so much service that has been done in this place. People help with the children and teaching and the stewardship campaign and people help with fellowship and make parties and social events for us and people teach adults and people clean and people pitch in to proofread things and they write cards and they sit at the welcome desk so most of the time during the day you get a human voice if you call the church and I have a volunteer who assists me and helps me do more than I could do by myself and we have people who help us count the money and keep it safe as it comes in so it can be used well. And we have people who make visits to those who are ill or in distress. And just to get an idea of how much human power it takes, if you uh, have volunteered in this place to help keep it running, would you raise your hand? Yeah. Takes a lot of people. And sometimes the jobs you can do are limited by your life stage or by your work schedule or by your physical limitations or you have uh, you don't like to be on the phone or you don't know how to work a computer or any number of things. However, we've got this new program coming out, uh, or it's out now, uh, it's going to be talked about this October, called Transformation Through Service that Carolyn told you about. And it is a, a program that allows you to find your calling. And if you want to just do the skimmiest skimminess of it, then you can go to My First UU through your computer or your phone and check out some of the different service opportunities that are listed there. More and more are being listed all the time. And just see if there's something that you might like, we do not keep track of who looks at what, so you can safely and anonymously <laughs> look around. And if you want a deeper experience, the service, the Transformation Through Service team has, has about an hour-long interview that they can do with you to, to help you discover what, you might, what might make you come alive. And if you want to have help looking at My First UU, um, some of the members of the team will help you. Yes, or Shannon will help you if you can catch her. We are leaning on her pretty heavily right now, and so she's usually running. But she can help you, too. And um, science is starting to show that giving and volunteering are good for your body and your brain. And so a group of scientists in Oregon did an experiment with a functional MRI machine where they gave a whole bunch of women $100 each, and you could keep whatever you had at the end of the experiment. But there was a computer screen that um, let you give to a food bank, and sometimes it just took your money to the food bank, <laughs> like a tax. And they found out that in the brain, and then sometimes random money was added to you, and sometimes random money was taken away from you. Um, and what they found out was that the pleasure centers of the brain were activated when you got the $100, <coughs> duh, and, 
And when you gave the $100, uh, a part of the $100 to the food bank, that activated, gave you a warm, glowy feeling. And even when your, when your money was taken, put in the food bank, they were less activated, which we could have told them. And Johns Hopkins in Baltimore has done a study with some elderly folks, um, some of whom are uh, working with a, a volunteer program in Baltimore. And so they also did brain scans, and they found out that the elderly folks at the end of two years who had volunteered, their memory centers were a little bit improved, modestly improved, they said. Um, and their, so their brains were a little bit better. And the ones who hadn't been doing volunteer work, their brains shrank a little bit like they do when we get older. And so it's good for your brain. Apparently it's better for men than women. The men's brains improved a little more than the women's brains. And they don't know what it is about the volunteering. They're not sure. They haven't narrowed it down yet. But they think that it has to do with more physical activity. And they think it has to do with working in teams. So teamwork is good for your brain. And problem solving, good for your brain. And walking. And sharing your knowledge, good for your brain. So I'm not saying if you don't want to lose your mind, work here. It's, it's a... That would be a very broad brush corollary. <laughs> I'm just saying that in order to keep together going, we need to work together and we need everybody. When I was in college doing psych major, uh, we learned about learned helplessness. Learned about it later when I helped found a battered women's shelter in a small South Carolina town where they didn't have one, and the, uh, the police chief said they didn't need one. Uh, we don't have that around here. Like, oh. And now, many years later, it's the second largest organization next to the third largest, sorry, next to the Red Cross, the Boy Scouts, then there's the women's shelter. Learned helplessness. And the way that you get taught learned helplessness is that nothing you do seems to make any difference to your situation. Nothing you do. You get a shock whether you press the little paddle or not. You get your food or you don't get your food, and then you get a shock. doesn't matter what you do. So even when they open your cage and they shock you, <laughs> you just sit there and take it because you've learned that you're helpless. I can feel them trying to teach us that. I can feel them trying to teach us that. I can feel the heavy-footed steering us toward learned helplessness. It's a done deal. Just don't, don't even bother. We're going to ram it through. Doesn't, nothing matters. And lo, they do. We refuse to learn it. Because we are together and we can see each other. And when we do projects together, or even when we're in coffee hour together, we see each other and we know that the things that we do have an effect. 
and we know that the words that we say are heard and valued, and we know that our our hearts are welcomed, and we know that this is a place, whether it makes huge mistakes or not, which we do, is a place that aspires to build the beloved community. We aspire. And we do not do it by ourselves. We do it together. Will you say with me the words by which we extinguish our chalice? We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These build in our hearts until we are together again. I don't know how many of you ever got to know Tom Egan. We had his memorial service yesterday. He was a delightful person. And he asked for this song at his service. And so I just wanted to sing it again with you in his honor. Join me if you care to. May the life I lead speak for me. May the life I lead speak for me. When I'm lying in my grave and there's nothing left to say, may the life I lead speak for me. May the friends I've made. May the friends I made speak for me. May the friends I made speak for me. When I'm lying in my grave and there's nothing left to say, may the friends I made speak for me. The love I give. May the love I give speak for me. May the love I give speak for me. When I'm lying in my grave and there's nothing left to say, may the love I give speak for me. Go in peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.